So I want to ask you, when was your last bad day? When was your last bad day? Well, as Amy alluded to, um, we've been no strangers to bad days on <laughs> ZO Live. In fact, if we um, if we gathered all of our little live mistakes into a blooper reel, we would keep, you've been framed. It could be a good fundraiser actually for the church. Lots of 250 pound color clips. And one of those, which again, Amy alluded to earlier, was literally just what happened two weeks ago when Amy was trying to tell this story that she shared this morning. And and my laptop died, it just completely died. But the problem was, we, we weren't sure had it died or had the screen gone blank. And so uh, we, you had lost us, but Amy was still going for it. She oh, finished well. the story. I was uh, she was. She was absolutely. <laughs> although, to be honest, I was thinking, like, I think we've gone. I think we've <laughs> no, gone. I was too. And, uh, and, and, we checked, and we had gone. We completely gone. And in the background, we knew that our, the legend that is Paul Rigby was scurrying in the background. And he got the, the next kind of worship set on. And, uh, and we're trying to get things to work. And eventually, we do. We get it back working. And by the time it comes out of worship we're back not realizing <laughs> that as amy goes into her story the second time <laughs> that you can't hear her that like you know she's going for it again and there's no sound and later we saw on the on the messages like people are like, we can't hear her and then my laptop died again so and uh, it, that was one of a number of train wreck things that happened this morning our lights were it was just it was a bad day <laughs> and uh, we've all had bad days but let's be honest right now it doesn't feel like we're having a bad day this feels like a bad year yeah and for many of us it, like it feels like we've had longer than a bad year we've had bad many years mm -hmm. in a whole bunch of ways but if if we even think just in this last year it's impacted us all in a multitude of different ways it's impacted us physically yeah. when we think about you know even the, the news this week nearly 90,000 people have died of COVID, over, over 2 million or so people infected. It's absolutely huge. And that's not to speak about over 3 million people infected. That's not to speak about people who are watching right now, maybe you, who've been contending with long-term physical health issues. Like It's been a bad time physically. It's been a bad time relationally. Like we know that lockdown and all the restrictions and social mm. distancing have really affected our relationships. We were created for connection. And, and so it's been hugely tough for us not to experience those relational connections. Like Amy and I, we loved our first Christmas together. It was great, but it was hard because mm. we didn't get time with our close family and friends. Yeah. And that's not to speak of, we know the pressure that lockdown has put on many relationships because you're just together all of the time. It's been hard physically, it's been hard relationally, and it's been hard financially. Mm. Like we know that there are people who have lost jobs, that the need for food banks and, and local food projects provision has gone through the roof these have been tough times financially and also therefore vocationally when it comes to our work businesses struggling to survive like major businesses retail outlets closing restaurants closing it's been such an incredible tough time and of course for those who are still in work the pressures on them have been immense and and of course the key workers and the health workers that we're praying for today in many workplaces and when you put all that together, it's not a surprise that it has been challenging emotionally. Mm 
Like it's impacted us all emotionally, all of this bundle of pressures. Like even before COVID, we were contending with soaring mental health issues, but COVID has just taken that to another level for everybody. I mean, I remember even even over Christmas, in, in Christmas, even myself, people think, you know, I'm a fairly positive, optimistic person, but I had some really low days when I was just like, enough already. It's impacted us all emotionally and it's impacted us spiritually. Let's be honest. Like, like, where is God in this? Sometimes we've asked, or how do we keep the fire of faith burning? How do we make sure that we're not just spectating when it comes to being part of God's family rather than participating? These have been tough times, not just a bad day, but a bad year. And last week I introduced this theme for 2021 reboot, where we believe that in the midst of all these challenges, God wants to bring heaven's reboot to our lives. Remember, I drew the analogy where I talked about, you know, when you apply a, uh, an operating system upgrade to your computer, you have to reboot it in order for the changes, the upgrade to apply. And that upgrade hopefully deals with some past problems and it opens up some new possibilities. Mm-hmm. And, and we need that reboot from God today. We need that upgrade from heaven. We, we need the power of Jesus Christ to deal with some of our past problems and open up some new possibilities because let's face it friends like things were never ever supposed to be the way they are right now it was never supposed to be like that and to prove it to you I want to take you to the universe's first bad day the 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 day when when things really were bad and became bad for a long time ever since but before I get to that let me describe to you the first good day, what, what life was like just before that. Now, listen, I appreciate that you may be watching this today and you may be someone who believes that actually the world just came to be through a cosmic accident, an incredible fluke, nothing planned, nothing purpose. It just happened. And, and I respect that. I really do. Uh, I, I recognize that is a great faith position that you have in that, believing that, because we, whatever we believe, it's a place of faith. But actually, the Bible presents a different story, a different explanation, one that for me uh, makes a lot of sense, which is that actually nothing didn't create something, that something or someone created this amazing world that we live in. In this story in the Bible, we're told that, that the universe and creation and we were lovingly and intentionally created by a God who created us for a life-giving relationship with him and a creation-caring responsibility to look after the world that he made, including each other. And when this story kicks off, when creation happens, we're told it is a good day. Mm. Literally, we're told that God looks at it and goes, this is good. This is very good. Mm. And the reason it was good is because everything is beautiful. Everything is in harmony. Everything is flourishing. We are enjoying good relationship with God. We were enjoying good relationship with each other. We we enjoy a good relationship with ourselves. We're not feeling shamed or guilty. Mm. And we're enjoying a relationship with God's world. We're looking after it. It is a good day. And this picture of flourishing and thriving is what the Old Testament in the Bible describes as shalom, the Hebrew word shalom, which in our Bibles, in our English Bibles, gets translated into the word peace, 
which kind of is a part of it because it is peace with God, peace with ourselves, peace with others and peace with creation. But it's but it's deeper and more wonderful and more expansive than that. This word peace, this word shalom literally means well-being. It literally means flourishing and thriving in the whole of life. And so at the beginning of uh, this story, like it's a good day in Eden. And God is saying to mankind, look, I want you to continue to flourish and I want you to continue to thrive. So stay close to me. Walk closely with me. Let me show you the way to live a life where you will continue to flourish and where you will continue to experience my well-being. And because God is loving, he gives us a choice that we can either stay close or we can stray off and choose our own way. And the crazy thing is that we all decided to stray off rather than stay close. Like, why do we do that? And the answer is, to be honest, to be a bit provocative, is that in this story, we're told we've been deceived. Mm. And we've been deceived to believe that God is not good. And, and, and if you don't think that God is good, then you will dislike God. And if you dislike God, then you're not going to listen to what he says. So you're going to disobey him. And if you disobey him and move off the path of life that he created you for, then destruction enters the world. Disobey, dis, being deceived leads to dislike, which leads to disobedience, which leads to destruction. And we look around us and for thousands and thousands of years of human history, we know that the world is in a mess. The first bad day, which happened thousands upon thousands of years ago, when the creative us decided that we knew better than the creator, that, that we had uh, better intentions, that we could manage our lives better than him. And we rejected that life-giving relationship and we rejected the responsibility to care for each other and creation. And in that moment, God's shalom, God's well-being was shattered. Now, let's be honest, that would be a rubbish end to the story if that was it. <laughs> if, if it is like everything's bust, everything's broken, let's just make the best of it. Let's eat, drink and be merry because tomorrow we die. And many people, that's that's what they think. Let's just make the best of it. Like, you know, it's just tough. We shouldn't be surprised that things like COVID happens. You know, the world is bust and let's just do our best. But this story is much better news than that. It's more wonderful news because in this story, we're told that God loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world 2000 years ago to begin a brand new, unstoppable, write down that word, unstoppable work of restoring God's shalom, God's well-being mm. to the whole of creation. In fact, by dying on the cross at the age of 33, Jesus takes on the biggest enemy that terminally robs us of well-being, which is death itself. Jesus takes on that biggest foe, the nemesis of all of us. And he dies and it looks like death has won. But three days later, to prove that he was God, to prove that we don't even need to fear death, Jesus rose from the dead with new life, resurrection life, promising that we can have well-being even on the other side of death. You know, when I was when I was growing up, I've been connected to church for all my life. 
And uh, when I was a child and a teenager, I'd go to lots of Christian meetings and where people would talk about the good news about Jesus and uh, how important it was that we all make a decision. Are we with team Jesus? Do we want to follow Jesus? Do we want to become a Christian, born again, whatever the different phrases you were? And right at the end, the, the person speaking would always ask this question and it would go like this. If you were to leave this place tonight and not decide for Jesus and you were knocked down and killed by a bus, where would you spend eternity? And I've got to be honest, like as a teenager, this this would terrify me. I used to think there was a, a demonic bus driver just round the corner from every church revving up their engine, ready to take out a few young people who were stupid enough to reject the amazing offer that God had made. But friends, here's what I've discovered, that the news is much better than this, that Jesus Christ is not selling tickets to heaven. In John 10, verse 10, Jesus says that he has come to give us life and life in all its fullness. Amen. And when Jesus said that, he wasn't just talking about life after death. He was talking about life before death. That following Jesus is not just pie on the sky when you die, it's cake on a plate while you wait. That there is there is goodness of heaven that can break out into our lives right now. That when we invite Jesus to be our Lord, our Saviour, our leader, but that we put him in the driving seat of our life, on the throne of our life, whatever metaphor you want to use, then the well-being of God can start to break out into every part of our life because God cares about every part of your life. He cares about your physical well-being, your emotional well-being, your relational well-being, your financial well-being, your vocational well-being, and of course, your spiritual well-being. We can get a taste of heaven bringing healing and wholeness to every part of our lives. And one day in this incredible story, we are, we are told, Jesus promises that one day he will come back. And everything that feels like, looks like, sounds like, smells like death and destruction and disobedience, all of that stuff will be removed once and forever. And the story ends with God fully restoring God's shalom to the whole of creation, that we're back in Eden, everything restored in new creation, peace with God, peace with each other, peace with ourselves and peace with the whole of creation. But until that day when Jesus returns, God is wanting to pour out his peace, his well-being mm. into our lives. How? As every day you and I surrender to Jesus and as we invite him to bring heaven's healing and wholeness into our lives, mm. a taste of it. We don't get it all until new creation, but we can experience it some, some now, particularly as we make good, godly choices about the way that we live our lives, cooperating with God's best. So what are those good godly choices that we can make that will help us experience more of God's well-being as we surrender every day to him? Well, friends, those choices are what we're going to look at in the next seven weeks as we explore the well-being journey, God's plan for our well-being. We're going to look at uh, God's blueprint for human flourishing, the way that we were always created to be. We're going to think about how does God be at work in us with our physical well-being, our relational well-being, our emotional well-being, our, our vocational well-being, our financial well-being, our spiritual well-being. That's a lot of well-beings. And for all of, all of the young people, that includes our educational well-being. Every single part of your life, 
you can have a touch of heaven in God can help you in good times and even in the craziest, toughest times, you can know God's peace, God's well-being. One of my favorite stories, our favorite stories, yeah, is, yeah. Is, is of a guy called Horatio Spaford. Mm -hmm. And he wrote probably what is one of the most famous hymns that churches all over the world sing. And he wrote it in the midst of great tragedy. In fact, two great tragedies. Mm -hmm. The first tragedy was the Chicago fire in October 1871, a fire that ravaged the whole city and destroyed his business. He was wrecked financially and he was wrecked vocationally. And then sometime after that, he was hit relationally with a terrible tragedy when four of his daughters were drowned when a ship they were on with their mother uh, was sunk in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it was when it collided with another ship. Um, poignantly, his wife sent him a telegraph with just two words when he heard the news that the ship had gone down. And the words simply were saved alone, saved alone. He'd lost his daughters. Uh, sometime after that, Horatio Spaford was himself on uh, on a ship going across the Atlantic and and around about the spot when he knew the ship went down and where his his daughters uh, perished. He was inspired by the God that he believed in, the God that he held on to, even when all hell was breaking loose in his life to write what has become this famous, famous hymn. It is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, God has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. In John chapter 14, verse 27, as I close, Jesus is with his closest friends, his disciples. He knows that the next day he's going to go to the cross. He will be brutally tortured, almost to death, and then he will be nailed to a cross for you. And for me, that whatever gets in the way of us being well and whole and in relationship with God will be dealt with once and for all. Mm. And he says to his disciples these words, John 14, 27, my peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And friends, I want to say to you in this moment, Jesus is telling the truth. The peace that he gives us, God's shalom, God's well-being, heaven's healing is, is unparalleled. Amen. No one else can offer what Jesus offers. It is an authentic, genuine, life-transforming power of God that can give us peace even in the toughest trials. That even in this moment, whatever you are going through, and we pray for healing and wholeness and restoration in every part of your life. We pray that more of heaven will break out in whatever you're contending with. But even while you're still in it, even in the storm and the, and the struggle, that you can say, like Jesus is saying, like Horatio Spaford says, because God is close, because God is with me, it is well with my soul. Mm. That is the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of God's shalom, good news to us, and then good news through us into the lives of other people. Because Paul says in Ephesians 6.15 that we then become the ones who carry the good news of peace, the good news of shalom, the good news of God's well-being to people who need to experience that well-being for themselves. Our theme for this year is Reboot, and this term we are going to focus on, God, we want to embrace your Reboot in the area of our well-being. 
And we want to encourage you for these next uh, seven Sundays, seven or eight Sundays to join us as we explore it. And then to join one of our well-being journey groups where we can together go deeper, apply it, think about what it practically means, pray for each other, help each other as we grow in God's well-being. Self-help is definitely some help, but God's help is utterly divine if you invite him to come in. I want to encourage you, surrender to him daily. Jesus, help me and, and allow God through his word and through the journey that we're going on to show you the good godly choices that will see more of heaven breaking out into any hell that you feel is going on in your life. Mm -hmm. This is our prayer and we want to pray now. Yeah, we do want to pray now. We just want to just make some space for God just to come and let that word just really permeate into our hearts, into our thinking and more importantly than that, of course, into our actions as well. So I wonder if you just want to join with me wherever you are, of just having this pause moment. We just want to invite Holy Spirit to come. So God, yeah, we ask for your presence in this moment. We ask that as Matt has been talking, as we have been challenged by your well-being for our life, your joy, your peace, your 100% abundant life, that God, we would partner with that. Yeah, forgive us, God, for where we have taken our own self-care and taken our own well-being more urgently and more with more responsibility than turning that to you. Mm. We recognise, God, that as we partner with you, that you give us good habits, good routines, things that will make us well, but ultimately it's only you that can make us well. Yeah. Thank you. So at the start of this year, Lord, all we want to do is just lay the whole of our well-being, God, before you. Mm. Say, come and have your way. Yeah. We can't do this without you. These times are so, so hard. Holy Spirit, right now we want to give you permission to see if there's any offensive way in us. I'm just reminded in, in the Bible there's a book of Psalms, of songs that often King David writes, wrote, and uh, he says in one of his Psalms, Search me, O Lord, and know my ways. See if there is any offensive way in me. And, uh, right now I just feel that we can pray that prayer. Just give God permission to search our lives, search our motives, search our decisions. Let him spot and see if there's anything that's offensive to him, anything that doesn't land us in that place of freedom, doesn't land us in that place of wholeness and shalom and life that can only come from Jesus. And as God lovingly loves to correct or point those things to you right now, just if you can, hand them back, hand them back to God and just say your will, your will be done for my life, Lord. Your well-being for my life, Jesus, not my own. Jesus. Yeah, I just want to encourage you just in this moment of response. We just, we just know, we know God is always with us yes. and he's with you right now. And so... This is just a pause moment for us to be aware of that, even more aware of that. So I want to encourage you, if you feel able, 
to even just close your eyes and to be hands open, maybe just on your lap. And, and in this moment, we're just saying, okay, God, I, I just let go of things that I'm struggling with, health issues or finance issues. Those things are super important. They, they mean a lot to you, but God, I, I just give this stuff to you. And uh, as, as we do take a moment just to sit in the quiet, that as we release what is getting in the way of our well-being, our flourishing, our thriving, but then we also then receive God's peace. Maybe for some of us, even just like God, I receive your peace, that that's our prayer in this moment. I receive your peace, I receive your wholeness, I receive your healing in this moment. And as Amy has said, like being open to God to kind of put thoughts into our head where he's saying, look, like there are some things here that you're doing that are damaging you. Like that's what that's what we're talking about when we say offending God. It's, it's not like God's really mad with you. It's just like that He's He's hurting for you because because we all can do things that hurt us that get in the way of us being well. And so we're saying, God, show me are there things that I need to change to experience more of Your wholeness. So again, just in the quiet as we start to come to a close, we're just going to take a moment just to be still. And just that prayer right where you are. Lord, I release the things that I'm contending with and I receive your peace. We pray for your peace to come. Well-being of heaven. Thank you. We say over you in Jesus' name, be well, be healed. In Jesus' name, be strong. In Jesus' name, be comforted. In Jesus' name, be courageous. In Jesus' name, be hope-filled. In Jesus' name, stand, go again. Thank you, Father. And as we're praying on this day, and we'll be praying for the NHS, particularly praying for Lister, and uh, we're really praying for a turnaround this week, that actually the story at the end of this week will be better than the story now, on infection rates, on the R rate, on death rates, on the number of people in Lister. But we also want to pray that into your situation, that there'll be a turnaround a turnaround in your finances, a turnaround in your workplace, a turnaround in your relationships, a turnaround in your emotional and mental health, in your physical health, a turnaround for you spiritually as you make a choice to hold on to God.